0: with the offbeats, uh, yeah look at that that's like perfectly in okay uh well welcome to dipped in tone everyone a rare in-person episode yeah um, i feel
1: left out because you you have headphones on
0: well and i just took my hat off and i'm realizing i have a red stripe across my forehead now
1: you just so. look like you've been working hard
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh yeah we should make this a more regular thing doing we should in person. we should i'm zach i'm rhett um and we've heard you. We've we've heard the comments. And by heard, I mean we've read the comments. Uh, we're going to be doing more one-on-one episodes. We're bringing that back. Yeah. We love having guests on. It's great. It's been awesome. Uh, but we kind of miss just shooting the shit with the two of us. Old school. Yeah. So yeah. every now and again, we're going to do one of these episodes. And today, we're getting into – it's basically the year in gear. Yes. You know, it's like every podcast's time to, like,
1: talk about the – Stuff it, they liked. You kind of have to. And, and I asked you before we started, do you think it's the time for this? Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's gift-giving time. It's, people need to know what to, to get or not get. Yeah. So why not, why not get it knocked out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in gear.
0: We didn't talk about this, but maybe we should talk about some of the things that were misses for us. Oh. Like stuff we liked and stuff we just didn't really care for.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you do. <laughs> so I guess before we get started, thanks to everybody who supports us over on Patreon. Uh, if you want to look into joining up on Patreon, just hit the link in the description below. And I think we're going to try to maybe shift some focus over there and, and yeah. make that more of the active community after.
0: Yeah, we're still talking about it, but it's, it's looking like we're going to make a big shift over towards that because uh, a little inside baseball here, Patreon has been reworking their system yeah. pretty heavily. And it's looking, it looks a lot more appealing based uh compared to what it used to be. So, um, yeah.
1: And there's, there's, you can have a free tier. Yeah. It's basically, they're trying to round up all the social media stuff. And consolidate it so that you're not inundated with ads, and you don't have to fight the algorithm to get seen. It's just if you want to be part of the community, you know exactly where to go. Uh huh. And so yeah, I don't know what the well, future
0: holds, but we'll see. Yeah, just just uh, keep a lookout for it. We'll announce it whenever we get it up and running. But yeah, we're gonna be shifting our focus. 2024 is gonna be a big year, uh, and we're we're working towards that in more ways than one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if you want to support the show, check us out on Patreon. Subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Or anywhere you get your podcasts, if you're on Apple Music uh, or podcast app, I should say, you can leave mm-hmm. us a review and a rating. helps new people find the show. So, yeah.
1: um, And yeah. thanks to our sponsor for this episode, Stumac.
0: Yes. What little do you uh, have? Okay, well, so this is kind of unrelated, but um, I've been trying to get more organized mm-hmm. in my life. So I've started like carrying around these little field notes, books, and it's really helped out. <laughs> so a while ago, Stumac sent me this pen, and I just grabbed it like off my desk looks nice it's a great pen Ooh, i don't know if they sell that it's a nice weight right yeah
1: like <laughs>
0: i like a good heavy pen it's a good heavy like you know twist twist to open pen so mm-hmm. um i don't know stu mac if you guys don't sell this you should because it's a damn good pen um uh, but if you're not in the market for a pen but you are in the market for uh, anything to keep your guitar in order
1: maybe you want to build a guitar i'm i'm working on a guitar right now oh yeah so i'm gonna be ordering some paint from StuMac, yeah. So I need to get I need to get some Age nitro and all the things.
0: Genuinely, lots of really good gift ideas over there for the guitar or bass player in your life. Mm-hmm. I think StuMac is kind of slept on for holiday season stuff because you can get some tools, get some setup stuff, yeah. right? stocking stuffers,
1: all all those things. Like if if you have a guitarist or a musician in your life and you don't know what to get them, tools are. Always a good option. Yeah, yeah, just just a good screwdriver or setup toolkit, um, even just just some calipers or something is so handy uh, to have like in your toolkit.
0: I just thought of this, but a pro tip gift guide: if you wanna you wanna surprise the guitar player in your life. Build them a gigging toolkit if they don't have one already. Yeah, go on StuMac uh, StuMac.com/slash dipped in tone. And pick out like uh, a little carrying case and just get some of the basics of the tools that they need that they can just throw in their gig bag or take with them on the road. That's a pro move gift right there. It
1: is never um, a bad idea to have those things just always at the ready. Yeah. And and if you're like me, just buy two because inevitably you're going to take one and walk off with it. So it's good to have the backup.
0: (laughs) Actually, what would be better is the guitar players that are listening to this are the ones that are likely to want this for Christmas or for the holiday season. So why don't you just put it together in your cart on Stumac mm. and then just send your your cart to someone. Yeah. Like, hey, if you're if you're thinking, this is what I need.
1: I think that's a great idea. Look at you. Look at <laughs> me. <mate. laughs> so basically, we're going to go over the stuff that that not necessarily came out this year, but uh-huh. maybe came into our circle this year, uh-huh. our, our field of view. Yep. And we're going to go over some of the gear that that really uh, spoke to us, or yeah. and we're gonna inspired. break it down.
0: We're gonna break it down: pedals, amps, and guitars. We'll start with pedals because I feel like I feel like we'll we'll probably have the most to say about pedals. Yeah. So um, okay, I'll start. I have I actually have two that I just got. I purchased both of these mm-hmm. full price. Um, I've been posting about them. The first one was the beam splitter from Old Blood Noise. Have you seen that? Mm. The Trario overdrive.
1: The what? Okay.
0: All right. So I got <laughs> I got fully influenced by Nick and Bell over at JHS. Mm-hmm. I watched their demo uh, and I watched Nick play this thing and instantly went on to Old Blood's website and, and bought it. Oh,
1: yeah. It's like the big – it's gigantic. It's got a bunch of knobs and all the colors.
0: Yeah. So basically there's three circuit like distortion slash overdrive circuits in it. Okay. And these two right here are – they have like a delay on them. Uh, uh, so you can you can change the amount of delay uh, and then there is a a control what does that control in the middle say i can't remember what it's called uh uh uh, Deviate? deviate okay so the deviate control will basically introduce some randomness into the delays in the the two sides and so what you have is three individual outputs so you can run it to three amps or what i do is go into just three channels on my interface and just go like DI, uh-huh. and you can pan them. So you do one channel in the middle, and then the O2 channel's hard left and right. Okay. And you get these crazy double-tracking sounds or triple-tracking sounds, or you can do these crazy delays, these multi sort of panning delays. And because it's based off of these distortion and uh, overdrive circuits, uh-huh. it's some of the coolest guitar sounds I've ever gotten.
1: So, so how much delay time... Does it kind of have? Is it just like a just like a sl- like yeah, up to a slap it, sort it, of thing? Well,
0: no. You can get into. I mean, it's not going to have like three seconds of delay. It's well, no. it's supposed to mostly be in the like almost flanging to double tracking to so kind of like what the deco does. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know exactly what delay time it's got, uh, and you can just run one output. You don't have to use all three outputs if does you just sum them. All? Yeah, it sums okay. them all together for one. So if you're just going into the front of the app, it's it's super cool. I
1: saw this stuff and I thought, man, that's got a lot of knobs on it. And I, <laughs> you know, for, I mean, we've all been there where, especially for guys like us, we live in the space mm-hmm. and we see stuff and we're like, cool, I'll get to that later. Uh-huh. And that's kind of how, how I, I felt about this, but it's, it's a cool idea. Um, it's super cool. I wish cool. it showed how many milliseconds it had. Not that it matters. Just, I'm just curious, but that's, that's really neat.
0: Yeah. Yeah, oh. I've been really happy with it. I've been it's like it's kind of an instant inspiration sort of box because yeah. it creates such a unique sound that it forces you to immediately play to that sound. Sure. And it's in my experience so far been really cool for breaking me out of playing the same type of shit that I normally play because, you know, it, it just makes you want to play chords or riffs in a certain way. You should watch the JHS demo of it. Yeah. Because what Nick does is is really cool.
1: So. I think it's funny that like depending on what you need a pedal to do for you as a player will really determine the path that you're going down with the stuff you're looking at. Because like you're using, I assume I know what your next one is. Uh-huh. And those are, are are really designed to to be inspiration machines and not necessarily tone. I mean, they're they have tone. They are filled with tone, but they're not... Their aim is not to give you the best X sound. It's right. just to these are to to make you write new music. Yeah,
0: this the beam splitter is not about giving you like the most amp like overdrive or, you know, right. the greatest germanium fuzz sound. It is it is its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it would be a cool gateway drug type pedal for sort of the more traditional player like yourself. Yeah. to get into something more experimental.
1: It's not a Zoya.
0: No, it's not it's- a Zoya. <laughs> it's not a Chase Bliss pedal. It's like it's still pretty familiar. It's just mm-hmm. the way they're applying this familiar
1: ideology is
0: really cool and really
1: unique. Yeah, well, the, those guys at Old Blood are, they're, um, they're very creative in yeah. in, a, in a in a in a more approachable way. I feel like some guys like like you said they get a little bit more out there, and um, the pedals playing you a bit. Uh huh. But th- their stuff seems to still be l- reined in enough to where even a guy as a simpleton like me <laughs> can can get my my feet wet. Uh-huh. So. Nice. All right, what's uh what do you got? Oh, I think so I I recently went to uh Mass Street Music and I got you can kind of see it on the shelf back there. I got an ODR1 again. Oh, yeah. So I haven't had an ODR1. Uh I've never owned one. I made a clone of one because just living in a small town, it's like yeah. I don't know, like, uh, there just weren't anywhere. Right. So I thought, well, let's make a copy, and um, I liked it, but I kind of got bored with it. Mm-hmm. And it seems like over the past couple of years, there's been a, uh, the fervor oh, for the yeah. ODR one mm-hmm. has really come back strong. So they have them. That that's the one that has the bass switch on the inside. Okay. And it just sounds really good. And again, at, to the point where I'm kind of reevaluating some of my other stuff because some of like the mythos stuff. Yeah. Because that it kind of turned some notions on, on my notions on their head because I thought, eh, I don't really like it. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I've made one and I think what happened was I got burnt out. Right. And I got that and just, I don't know. I'm so, I, again, like all my picks are going to be so boring and safe <laughs> because like, that's just the kind of guitar player I am. But I think, I don't know. It's fun. As a maybe not a cautionary tale, but something that we 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 do as guitar players, we go back mm. to stuff we had, mm-hmm. and like a DS one, right? Like you had your video a, a while ago about kind of I don't know if did you ever have one before that? No, I never okay. had one. So I had had one when I was sixteen, yeah, like everyone did my age, and you just think oh that's crap, yeah. And then I got one again. I got a Japanese one oh, like a year or so ago. And I realized, oh, this thing fucking rules.
0: <laughs> Why do you think that it, it, you you got to thinking it was crap, though? Is it because you lived through the boutique era where you thought it was crap because it was mass produced and everybody had one?
1: I think I thought it was crap because, I, A, I didn't have a good amp. Okay. And, B, I didn't know how to use it. Mm. Now, granted, that thing has a very weird tone. It's very bright. You know, it is it is its own thing. But- when you have one of those that you hit with, like, a good amp, it's yeah. like, oh. And I think that might have been part of that. Like, yeah. the ODR1 thing, it's, like, so much... um, It's so responsive, and it just takes what you have and, and shifts in a different direction, something different than, like, a Klon does. It's, right. it's not giving you more of it, just kind of shifting it. But, but I think that's one thing, like, revisiting things from your past when you have the gear that you truly know how to use. Right. Because I don't think I really... I mean, this was, I mean, geez, uh, like, 2000... Four? Yeah, almost twenty years ago. Twenty years ago.
0: um, I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) Yeah, well, see, at that time, like I didn't know. I wasn't into gear when I was growing up because I just didn't know, and nobody in my family. I I wasn't like reading the magazines. This was before YouTube, and so I just didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know about pedals because I just, you know. I just thought guitars plugged into amps and that's how you got sounds, you know? And it wasn't until like my early twenties that I started really digging into the stuff. So I kind of missed out on all that. Like I never had a DS one. I never had a tube screamer. I I've never owned an ODR one. And I didn't know about the ODR one until I started playing in Nashville in like 2015, 2016. I remember Mm -hmm. the first time I saw an ODR one, I was at rehearsal and the other guitar player brought one in i was like oh is that a tube screamer and he's like no man it's a nobles i was like i don't yeah what's that he's like oh yeah this is like the nashville overdrive this is what yeah. all the, the nashville guys have used forever and i was like oh well that's cool and uh but i've just never gotten the only one i have is that the brown amps protein yeah has an odr1 side
1: right yeah and i've i've you know i did a a, a presentation with him and i've still never played a brown pedal which is so ironic. They're really good. I know, like, They're and really the, good. you know, great people, and it's just funny because I feel like before they added that bass cut, it, it's so bassy. Yeah, and it's it's interesting too. And just you know, if you want one, don't spend a thousand dollars on a whole. It's the same circuit, basically. Um, the original ones were like, they were on a blister pack, like an action figure. Oh really? Because I remember I would go into corner music and they were like on a hook, like on a cardboard with a bubble. Kind of, dude, people have done that like recently but it's it's cool but they were like they were a cheap pedal you know and now they've exploded and even still like you can get a real one for like a 100 bucks it's not a big deal yeah so it's just interesting the 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 mania that goes along with some of these things
0: that's a whole other discussion like the the money that people pay for pedals and stuff like clons and everything it's like yeah that's that's a whole other thing but anyways all right so that's cool, ODR1. It's it's,
1: it's cool, it's boring. But that's it, not <laughs>
0: boring, though. Like It's not boring. It, it's it's just what you like. And I wouldn't describe your playing as safe or boring either, by the way.
1: Well, I, yeah, I don't think I play safe or boring, but I think I'm so focused on just just playing guitar because mm. I get such little time to actually do it mm-hmm. that it's, it has to be like succinct. I just have to play.
0: I, yeah, I think that's maybe a difference in our approach because I... I love guitar and I am a guitar player first and foremost, but the older that I get and the more into like music production and writing and stuff that I get into the the more I realize like, Oh, this is, I think really more who I am than Mm -hmm. a guitar player. Yeah. Like to me, I see guitar as a tool to make something that's like greater than the sum of its parts or, or, and that's how I see myself. Like I, my way into making music is with this tool Sure, because I didn't play drums or I didn't play keys as a kid. I chose guitar. And so that's why like with my picks, they are a little more out there because it's something I can use to make music. So my next pick is another one that I just bought Uh that just came out, (laughs) the Hologram Chroma Console. Yes. Dude, this is going to be on the top of my list for a very long time. Um, I didn't know about it. I don't really have a relationship with the people over at Hologram. We've mm-hmm. talked a few times, but uh, you know, with it being in the position where in a lot of times companies will reach out and say, "Hey, we got this thing coming out or what can we send you one or whatever?" it was not right. that at all. I saw the demo for this thing the day they announced it and immediately went on their website and just and and bought it.
1: They sold a lot of them.
0: It is so cool. Like yeah. everything about it I love and I actually think For someone like you, it's an approachable
1: pedal to get into these sounds Mm -hmm. because of the layout. But is it, do you think that, so here's my question about the Chroma console. I think it, first off, the aesthetics of it, it may be one of the most beautiful design pedals I've ever seen. They're so good. And the box too, man. The box is
0: super cool. Yeah.
1: I mean, because Jacob, who does all our stuff, he did that and he said it was was such a hard thing to keep secret. Yeah. Because he had to hide them. When people would come by, uh, you know, if like the Walrus guys or like Robert Keeley showed up, he'd like cover all this stuff up so no one would know. And uh, like it came out and I had no idea. Um, But just the design floored me. But all that to say, do you think it's something that given like, you know, there's an HX stomp over there and Uh we have all the plugins. Are those sounds attainable and stuff like this? Yes. Or is it just the tactile yes. feel? So here's
0: here's the brilliance of this thing, okay? The hologram microcosm, I would say, is a pedal that the sounds that are in that pedal are pretty unique to that because of the way it's processing audio sure. in the granular sense of it. This is a little more analog feeling and sounding, and you can get these sounds with something like the HX Stomp, for example, or a, a series of pedals that you might have but you're not going to necessarily think of getting that kind of sound on your own. And it's cool because they took these effects and they arranged them in such a beautiful interface. It is like a little console. It sits on your desk. It's Mm -hmm. like at an angle. And it's just this thing that you want to interact with. And, It's so easy to just hit a few buttons, turn a few knobs, and there's a sound that I've never had before, but it's musical. Right. Because that's what's hard, is a lot of times you can get into these experimental pedals and it's like, okay, this is interesting, but I can't do anything with this.
1: Right, yeah, yeah.
0: And that's not what's happening with the Chroma console. It's incredibly musical, and it sounds amazing on bass Mm -hmm. and on drums, like bussing your drums through it.
1: Could you use it on vocals and stuff too?
0: Yeah. In fact, mine is probably not going to go on my board. Mine's going to stay on my desk, patched into my system.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a really cool idea. And I think that as an inspiration device, it's a brilliant, a brilliant thing to like condense all this stuff down. Cause I mean, like, even if, even if you could get every sound in HX stomp, yeah. Like, you'd have to dive in the menus. Honestly, you'd have to do it on a computer. Yeah. And that thing, you just push a button to pick the effect and then adjust the parameters and your set. Can it? It has presets too.
0: You can save presets. Yeah. So, but yeah. I appreciate that at least mine, I thought it would come with a bunch of stock presets, but it's an empty. All the preset banks are empty, which I actually kind of like because cool. it encourages you to just say, like, no, do your own thing. And then when you find something you like, just save it.
1: Yeah. I like that. I love the little, the window with like the four oh. LEDs on it and they, they're like they're animated under It's so under beautiful.
0: There. Yeah. And like it reacts to your playing mm-hmm. and then that's how you interact and, and dive into the menus. Oh, okay, it's based off of like the color of the LEDs and where the LEDs are popping up. Yeah. So you have to read the manual, but once you understand it, it's really user friendly.
1: Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. It's just like, I see those things and I think that would be really cool. But I am I'm, I'm too chicken shit to just order something like that, and and buy it without trying it. So I have to come down to Atlanta and play I it. At your have house. Brought it up, man. It's I didn't okay. think about
0: it, but yeah, no, I think
1: I'm, it lives on your desk. You can't take it.
0: I think you. I, I'm on a mission to kind of like get you into this world a little bit more. Than you know, you, you know what's are.
1: funny though, like some of my favorite music. I saw a plug in to to that is solely designed to make like lo-fi chill hop Uh and like those sort of weird, they're granular and they're, they're not, not good sounds, quote unquote, but they, I mean, they sound great in that context. I love that. Yeah. But I, my only, when I think about that, I just think about it on the computer and not in my hands. Yeah. And I I do like to create music that way. I, it was so funny. Like, um, my, my, this might get, this is, this is, this is personal. Okay. But I think we're here for it. We've almost done 100 episodes. You guys know me. Yeah, yeah, we have. uh, My first wife. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) One of the ways I knew something was up is I was really into the album leaf. Have you ever heard that band? No. There a lot of Fender Rhodes, like, like, just like really simple, dry percussion, but just like groovy, sort of like lo-fi, chill hop before that was a genre. Right. And I made like a couple songs and I was so proud of them. I had like my little MIDI keyboard and I got a Rode sound and I cut some drums and it's like it sounded neat. Right. It was like a cool little piece of music and I played it for her and she was like, I don't like it. I was, <sighs> you got to go. <laughs> got it.
0: Dude, that's brutal. It is. <laughs> to share it, to share it, because that's an intimate thing to, and a vulnerable thing to like take yeah. something that you've made. When you when you make a song, even if it's like just an, a little instrumental thing, it's like that is you, you're putting yourself out there and then to offer that to somebody and then they just go whatever something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Everything uh, added up. Everything <laughs> It all song. made sense, but everything worked out. <laughs> the sides Maybe all I'm there. shocked. Maybe, or maybe I'm 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 uh, my just, creativity in that space yeah, is Yeah, PTSD like, around. Yeah. yeah. I I'm, honestly I'm stunted. I mean, there's probably something I'm not a doctor.
0: I don't know, but there's probably something too there. You're not. <laughs> well, not that kind of doctor. Ooh. Hey, all right. What's uh, uh, what's next for you?
1: So I'm gonna do one. I'm gonna do one better of of uh, little green wonders. I have just been adding. Here you go. <sighs> to you my so collection.
0: <laughs> oh my god, this is beautiful. Girl. All year. There's Hold another one. That one. Thank you. All right. This and is great. then oh, I like this color green. Isn't
1: that, that weird That's It's a, faded. Yeah, in the Sun. Yeah. Here's okay. One. All right. Great. And then there's one. Oh, and then I got this
0: see, one's lighter. It's not as heavy. This one. Okay.
1: I got that one. I read this is the trauma mod. Trauma. It's Tamura.
0: Tamura mod.
1: And then I have another one coming. Oh, good from another, Australia. From Australia because I got paid in uh, dollar dues on my website <laughs> that I couldn't convert. So, um, <laughs> so I bought one on on Reverb from Australia. So I've you just alienated our entire Australia. No, mind. that's a Simpsons joke. <laughs> oh, okay. I never watched the Simpsons. So. I know, but I've uh, I've just been really into tube screamers and i want to work on because my my the mythos youtube channel has been growing yep and i i just want to do more stuff with those things and i thought you know what i've never owned the all the the ibanez permutations of a tube screamer and maxon so why not just get them i like i am
0: so the ts9 dx
1: Yeah, the turbo tube yeah
0: this one has uh turbo mode hot mode hot plus mode and ts9 mode that's right
1: Get that baby on the, turbo. Ac- you, of all the ones I have, that one you would like because it takes away all the mid-honkiness and stuff. So, yeah, I've got about the MIDI tu- Mini Tube Screamer. I got the Maxon OD808. I got the TS9 Tamura mod. So, Temura, uh, he's the guy who designed it. Oh, yeah. And so, he did a mod for uh, Godlike, who's like the distributor for Maxon and Ibanez signed it wow nice. and um, yeah these are like a limited thing that he modded And it does sound different from a 9 and then uh, the DX and then I've got a TS-10 coming from Australia so I'm just I'm just going all in I thought you know what
0: why not I'm trying to think up of a witty joke about turbos and how maybe like alright follow me my logic here maybe okay does the does this make all of its drive up top or does it have a mid-range uh, drop out in the never mind. Was oh, that a car joke? Yeah, like turbo. Because you know turbos, you gotta let them <laughs> they spool kick up. In, uh-huh. Or does it does it have a lot of lag? Like it's got turbo lag?
1: No, no, it's a, it's an immediate turbo. Oh
0: wow, okay. It's a two step. Uh,
1: but I uh yeah, so I've been going crazy. And you know, I, I feel like you know how we did the, 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 the PRS video with him? Uh-huh. We should do this again with all these.
0: Actually, that's a good idea.
1: I mean, the they're
0: all different. I pissed a lot of people off with my, I got my more. tube Hold screamer on. video a few years ago. Is that one? Why I think my tube my, that's sucks. my favorite. This is lightweight,
1: so that yeah, that's a copy of the that's the 35th anniversary. It's more narrow, and wow. it says a different, slightly different input buffer output. It won't focus because I love face. that
0: Sony's autofocus is so strong that like there, there we goes. go,
1: wow. Isn't that one cool? Wow, yeah, There's I another mean, one up there. There's know. two more up there, and then the 10s coming. <sighs> so I'll have pretty much. Just, I won't have a TS5 and I won't have TS7. It's just so much mid range. I don't, you know. I know, but I it I love it. You no, know, listen. Listen, because I you are so the type much. of
0: player that fits this pedal. You play mid scoop amps. No, I don't. The Fender. The, you you play mostly the,
1: the 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 Bloomfield is set mid bump, and then the mids are past noon. It and, is, you,
0: and you think the tube screamer works well in front of that.
1: I'll play it after the cameras go off, and you tell me if it sounds bad. <sighs> okay.
0: All right. My next pedal. Moving on. <laughs> All right. This is a new pedal for this year, and um. I did a sponsorship with this company, which traditionally I don't like to, you know, sing the praises of a, of a brand or something or, or a piece of gear that I've done like an actual sponsored post with. Right. But I genuinely like this pedal and it has earned a spot on my board. It's the universal audio, the 1176 Mm -hmm. pedal that, that James Santiago designed. Yeah. Um,
1: that has the Jimmy Page
0: it's got the Lowell George and the Jimmy Page right. setting on it. Right. So I made a video about this. We went out to uh, Santa Cruz a few months ago and, and we we did the EMT one forty video mm-hmm. and the uh, the eleven seventy six video was about like the Jimmy Page distortion trick, which yes. they used on Black Dog. If you don't know, um the, the riff on Black Dog is double tracked. One's the Less Ball through an amp. I think probably he would have been in an Plexi at that time. What what album is it? Black Dog is uh uh 3 f- I don't know whatever three or 4 Um you can be mad what? at us in the comments for not knowing but <laughs> anyways but alongside that there's a double tracked DI guitar that is uh if you listen for it you can totally hear it it's a super fuzzy DI sound straight in the console but it went through 2 1176 compressors uh-huh. and the first compressor is not compressing at all cuz you can bypass I bypass the compressor um <laughs> and it's slamming the front end because the way an 1176 works for you non-studio nerds there's a an input and output control going so you can drive the the compression circuit okay and so what they did was they just drove the input compressor or the input uh going into the compressor to break up and get some nice transistor distortion and then uh the second compressor is actually doing all the compression yeah and then they're going into the console And it's they designed that and built this into the pedal, so you can use this compressor pedal as a really cool kind of hard clipped overdrive.
1: It it is so gnarly. Yeah, and it's it's so funny because like I always had known Black Dog was on Black Dog was on four four. Okay, Um, but I always noticed that that song had such a raw. I thought it was direct or something for a long time. Uh, but when, when I saw your video and heard it and it's like, oh, that, that makes total sense. And it, in and of itself, it sounds, it sounds terrible, bad, yes. but yes. do you use it? So how do you use it?
0: I pedal? use it in front of an amp, like an overdrive.
1: So you, do you use that mode? Yes. Or, okay.
0: Yes. Because you hit it. And then because the pedal also has an input and output control, you can goose the output and use it as a boost going into the front end of the amp too. So you get sure. this really compressed, saturated boost that is unlike a typical overdrive pedal it's really cool and i do have a bone to pick with some people there was a lot of people in the comments of that video they were like oh this sounds like shit i would never do this it's like dude it's yes. Shitty to, is pretty yes it's the mix you have to think about the stuff in the context of the rest of the mix with yes. with the drums and with the other guitar and with the vocals and everything yes on its own this is an objectively shitty sound but it's doing something it would be like if you were cooking and you just tasted like a bunch of salt, yeah, and you were like, a "Oh, this, of is, cumin. this is gross!" <laughs> like, yeah, a bunch of like cayenne pepper. Like, yeah. this is disgusting. Honestly, but in the context of a greater recipe, it like salt elevates and it, it like boosts flavors.
1: Like, I think the perfect example is a lot of like funk records. Like, if you listen to the guitar on that stuff, like in isolation, you're like, "That's the most." Who picked this? Yeah. But then you put it with a band. Yes. It all makes sense. So, yes. it, yeah, I think you, you can't judge anything like that in isolation. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. So, anyways, uh, then the other setting is the Lowell George setting, mm-hmm. which was also Infinite a pair yes, of pair of 1176s as well. Because what's cool about this pedal is there's two 1176 circuits in the pedal, so there's two compressors in it.
1: Is it analog, or is it?
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. Man. Uh, I believe small so. To don't go on that. Stuff. But James Santiago designed it. I don't know. He's a wizard. He's a genius. I love James. I mean, uh, he's the man behind the Ox. Uh, which you can't see because it's behind me. But
1: I see my proton pack.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So the Lowell George thing, little feet, like mm-hmm. infinite sustained slide sound, beautiful glassy kind of thing. Sounds great on bass. Mm. You tracking bass. Um, and there's it's affordable and it's easy to use because they did the big compressor pedal last year, right? Which is same concept two compressors, but it's also got an LA2A and it's yeah. got a I think a DBX160. So it's a more complicated, like you kind of have to know how to use a compressor to, sure. to use that pedal. This one is like just throw it on your pedal board, flip the switch, and go.
1: It's interesting how many um, how many pedals UA released. Yeah. Because like, there was those, and then boom, like a couple weeks later, there's more. And it's my only bone to pick with UA. It's not about how anything sounds, because I think UA stuff sounds, I mean... You can't say perfect, but it sounds really good. It's all UA. Yeah. Um, I I don't. I think I feel like some of the designs are a little safe because I feel like the big pedal is so all those big bigger pedals, the gold and all that stuff. It's beautiful. It's such a beautiful enclosure and design. And the little ones, some of them look really good but it's a little like it's playing a little safe.
0: Yeah, I think I, I suspect, I don't know, but I suspect there is an element of building to a price point with those.
1: Well, with I don't smaller think ones. I don't think you need to etch or or you know mill out the enclosures or anything like that. But it's odd though because it is a custom enclosure. You're right. Um but i just think some of the, the some of them the the designs really pop and then some are a bit anonymous looking yeah yeah you're uh, right but I that's agree. me looking at it from a pedal builder and like a, a guy who is so obsessed with like brand um optics and stuff yeah
0: what well, in that to pl- to speak to their defense, though, it does fit in the general UA aesthetic, though. No.
1: I, yeah, it's, it's, it's totally fine. And I don't think any, any one of those pedals are ugly. No. Uh, but they are
0: safe. It, kind of bland.
1: They're a little safe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, speaking of, did you see that the Edge is now using the UA pedals exclusively? He's not using amps yeah, he, on the it, Sphere Gate? Is he using the, I think the, the Ruby and the Woodrow? It, or? I think I think the Ruby and the Dream, but I could be wrong okay. on that. I just saw the headline. but You
1: know, I, to me, it makes total sense. Yeah. I mean... Why wouldn't you? you know, there's no, there's nothing on stage yeah. except a drum kit. Yeah. Uh, why wouldn't you use that?
0: Dude, it, they sound the the dream pedal and the ruby sound incredible. The Woodrow's cool, but the Woodrow is kind of more narrow in its focus because it just does the spitty, farty, tweed thing really
1: right. well. And if, it is, the, it. I mean, it sounds. That's how they sound. Yeah. Um, and if if you haven't listened, it's not. There's not a video of it because the audio, the video got messed up but i did a podcast with james uh-huh. at gearfest and we played all of them and it's all like right to the the recording and you can go listen to them yeah and they sound yeah, they dude. sound great
0: yeah we did a video last year at sunset sound where james brought the amps like mm-hmm. the amps that those pedals were based off of and and uh Tim Pierce was there Mateus Sasada was there and we were in studio 2 which is where like Africa tracked Toto and where where, uh, when the levy breaks was mixed in like the really famous room and um we were just sitting in front of that Neve console literally bouncing between the real amp and the pedal and like Mateus couldn't hear it Tim couldn't hear it like I couldn't hear it it was Man. yeah wild really really wild that's so, awesome all right got another pedal
1: well I think I think the last thing that I'm thinking of like stuff that I, that really floored me um, is the Poly bebo.
0: Which really, which
1: I know is so weird,
0: dude. Okay, <laughs>
1: but so I so at NAM, this was when was NAM April? Yeah, um, it seems like that doesn't even seem like this year. <sighs> I know, um, I, I spent some time <laughs> with Loki at his booth,
0: best dressed person at NAM,
1: always the best dressed, yeah. Uh, and and what a nice guy, oh, so um, nice. and and so smart. And like every it, he he cracks me up because we share a lot of, um, well, why would I pay someone to do that? I'm just going to do that. You know, uh-huh. like he bought all the stuff to make the, the enclosures and all. It's like, I, I I adore that sort of mentality, but he just walked me through all the things that that pedal could do, and it literally boggled my mind.
0: It is, I have one. Yeah, it is wild
1: because you can capture like this rooms, like for yeah, reverb yeah, yeah. And it's stuff.
0: a um not an impulse response. It's a uh, con. God, Jesus, convalescence reverb something like that. Yeah. Like yeah. you
1: sample, you like pop a balloon and like record it. And like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. But it can also be a synth. It can be its own generative synthesizer. Uh-huh. It can, it can, you can build an entire modular synth inside of it. It can be a, a simple guitar pedal. The thing I appreciate about that is he's constantly updating the firmware. Yes. So it's like you buy the hardware, but it's constantly getting new features yep. and, and new things. Convolution. Like, convolution. Right. Okay. Convolution reverb. Um,
1: I'm surprised. I it was it. I don't have one. Uh, I sh- I probably should because it it is of all those things that are left to center from whatever my lane is. Um, it was the thing that made me go, huh? <laughs> the most. I'm wow.
0: So so I think you should get one, and I think you should uh, maybe you borrow mine for a while because. I think I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to ruin all your, (laughs) No, I have it all backed up. That's the other brilliant thing. It's like back it up. Oh dude. And there's a whole website where people upload their patches and you just download their patches onto a USB drive and put it on the pedal and you can just try stuff out. And some people have built some wild shit in that thing. Like some people just really understand that thing. I would be interested to see how you get along with the user interface. You would either complete; it would either completely make sense to you because you're a circuit designer. Or Break me? Well, <laughs> no. Actually, I think this would make sense for you because the way it works is you you have these little modules that you put, and then you're routing your signal physically, like just yeah, connecting inputs and outputs to different things to do different stuff. I
1: yeah. I it, it was really neat, and in the, I don't. Th- when did the Josh Smith drive? come That was out? this year. Was that this yeah. year? I mean that thing. Again, like, talk about one of the most interesting um, user interfaces for a drive pedal. I mean, really, a pretty simple... I mean, it does do some crazy things, but all all around, kind of a straightforward drive. Yeah. Once you understand how to use it. But it's so, it's neat, and it sounds good. I I was really impressed. That's what I love
0: about Josh Smith is, like, as a player, his sound is pretty, like, traditional sounding. Oh, yeah. But when it comes to his use of effects, he is so just like progressive in how he thinks about that stuff. And that mm-hmm. pedal that they came out with is really cool. Like the user interface is really cool and what it can do combining like an envelope and an LFO. So you can do tr- uh, tremolo sounds and things mm-hmm. like that. It's, it's rad. It's,
1: it's pretty wild. And it, it's, it's so funny the the juxtaposition between Josh's sound and his playing and then the gear he has. Yeah. Um, but you know, he, that guy, I like he's he, every now and again you say oh that person could make anything sound good. Um, he he really is. He like, really can. Make he's on another make planet. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like we went and saw Mike Seal last night. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh my god. Oh my god. I saw some of the clips. <laughs> oh I was god. tending my my double pink eyed five year old. Oh. <laughs> wow. Well. Just all gooped up. <laughs> it was like hey dad. It's like, Speaking oh, buddy. of goop. <laughs> Uh, oh. the,
0: the, the JHS, not a client. So I didn't have this written down, but, mm-hmm. um, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of has been said about it already. I, yes. I got one, I built it. It's brilliant, man.
1: It's a really smart idea. The only thing that I think Josh is probably looking at it now and going, damn, is, uh, I saw the, the, um, the basket of the boxes they had oh, to ship. Yeah. And since it's in that big box, uh-huh. it's like a shoe box, you know? Yeah. All the boxes are just huge. Yeah, he's probably like shit. Yeah,
0: and they <laughs> sold a bunch of them too, which is great. Well, it,
1: you know, we talked about it, me and Matthew, and on on our podcast thing. And uh, I bet by now he's probably he's definitely outsold the clon. Oh yeah. You know, there's only eight thousand clones. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. within a forty eight hours, he'd whiz past that. Yeah,
0: which is wild.
1: And I, it's I think it's funny like to call it. I know it is technically a kit. Mm-hmm. To me, as a builder of things, like it's way easier to make a nautical than any piece of IKEA furniture. Yo, yeah. Um, and it's 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 an odd thing to call it a kit when you don't really have to do much. It's yeah. a very it's a very safe kit, but and, uh, and that, that's be, by design.
0: It had to be because yeah. if you, they knew the scale that this that was going to be and
1: the support oh structure, God. you would Could have you to imagine because because yes. I've
0: built pedal kits. I've built your pedal kits, which mm-hmm. are much more like D, like a like a. Traditional part, parts kit. in a bag, yeah. Parts <laughs> in a bag with directions, and you break out the soldering iron. Whereas this is like you know, the 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 wrenches are on the PCB, which that's is my favorite part. Brilliant, my brilliant part. Um, it is more, it's kind of like Lego in a way. It's like a yes, it's just you just kind of plug it in and or techniques. yeah, if you yeah, were yeah. of the age, right? <laughs> uh, but can you imagine if they sold that many like kits, like what you're talking about? No, I it know. would be a disaster,
1: it really would, You like. You, you couldn't you couldn't handle the number of people that, you know, would get a wire backwards or or install a capacitor backwards or, or something.
0: Burn themselves on or, a soldering or, or, iron yeah, and yeah. try and sue them for like you know, <sighs> I, just it would just I, I, they had to do it that way. There's just no other way,
1: and, and and it makes sense. And I mean that's that's why it's so many sold. If yeah. you had to actually make the damn thing, yeah, they would not have sold <laughs> however many thousands they've sold.
0: What if they went? What if they went with an extreme kit? Where it was like just the plans and you had to source the PCB and you had to source all the components and the enclosure.
1: Like sourcing the parts. Just sourcing the parts alone would give most people a panic
0: attack. It w- they could have called it like my first pedal company or something. and just.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we were looking at we were looking at some lenses for something I'm working on. And I showed you Mouser, uh-huh. which has every component. And you saw just, the, just LED lenses. There's it's- probably like, I don't know. 5,000 of them. Yeah, we're like,
0: <laughs> what LED lens should should go on this thing? But all it's that to like... say,
1: with resistors, there's probably about 100,000 that uh, you have to know how to sort. So no, it's that's... a whole thing. But yeah, I mean, like, kudos to Josh. Like, what a gigantic win for JHS. <laughs> yeah, dude. My only fear, and this is just me being me, is that it's going to cause a lot of people to not buy a Mjolnir, <laughs> which it's I possible. hope not. But I hope what it does, it just wets the whistle of all the people. Because it's like, this, what, what a low barrier to entry. And how much better it's going to be than if you got, like, a soul food.
0: I think something. I think it'll be a gateway drug for a lot of people into the Klon sphere, if you will.
1: Fingers are crossed.
0: Because th- there's so many differences in, like even just your millionaire offerings you got the mm-hmm. wildwood you've got the standard millionaire like and the
1: Joey and the Joey Mass Street.
0: I, yeah so and people like this people want to try the different I want to try different things like I you know I've played all your millionaires I like the Wildwood one yeah you know um, it's it's yeah I, I don't I don't think it'll be a problem but what the hell do I know should we move on to um, amps let's do it all right so I have two written down uh, the first one that I got this year mm-hmm. that is uh, really blowing my mind is the two rock yeah the classic reverb it's about time it is i mean dude i've look i've known two rocks are great i've known i've you know played them the whole thing i met eli at nam and the thing the thing i like was he and i met for the first time you introduced us mm-hmm. we just start talking within 30 seconds he and i were talking about old porsches yeah and that's all we talked about the rest of the day <laughs> right. we were like walking out of the nam show together just like running into stuff and and just talking about old cars and,
1: and he he's the coolest he's the coolest guy. He like he does all these amazing things. Um even if he didn't even make two rock, you'd be like, man, that's one of the most interesting guys I've ever met. Yeah. And then And then he, <laughs> bring- he he builds arguably some of the best sending amps made today, period.
0: I have been there, there's a lot of amps that I really resonate with and love. I've been a yeah. huge divided by thirteen player for a long time, and I love Fred's amps. Yeah, uh, my Port City, the Granville. I really love that amp. Yeah, there's you know my vintage AC30. There, there's a lot of stuff out there that I really really love. The Two Rock just does something different. It is hi-fi, meaning not it's not bright or brilliant. Right. It's just it has it's like the highest resolution right. amp i've yeah. ever played it's like i'm playing in 8k yeah yeah which at times is kind of scary oh yeah <laughs> but like if you want to really hear like what your guitar sounds like or what your rig sounds like what you sound what like. you sound like yeah. good and bad that that amp does it and it's 100 watts and boy does it move some air
1: ooh it was so you got it and then gigged like a week later here, here in, in town yeah and when we were doing sound check, I was there and standing in front of it. And I was like, I can't, I can't her. here. I it's feel too bad. loud. <laughs> there
0: was a poor couple sitting in front. I mean, they were right in the firing line of my amp. And I remember there was a few moments where I was like playing and I would look down and they were just kind of like, because <laughs> normally I play with a plexiglass shield, but I yeah. forgot it. Yeah. Oh and, well. <laughs> uh, and I had it on a 50 watt setting. And the thing I like about it was I had it on 50 Watts. And I had the master basically as low as it would go, right. which traditionally just neuters an amp. Yeah. Like it just, it, they, they tend to fall apart. Like when you're just kind of choking them like that, but this didn't fall apart. It still felt like it would, and it was still loud. It's not like it got quiet. No. It, yeah. It was very know, loud. It's very loud. But yeah, man, Eli's stuff is, um, the two rock stuff is, is really next level and it's expensive. I mean, yeah that is a thing that is a common complaint but i like his approach to it which was like man i run a business in california all of the employees have benefits yep. 401k we're building everything in america we're sourcing the best parts like yeah it's expensive but i think you get what you pay for and that yeah scenario.
1: it's it's one of those things that so many people ask like what about it versus x or you know y or z and you know, there's visual comparisons, for sure. Mm-hmm. Some people are doing stuff with a similar circuitry or outright copied yep. what Eli has done. But the the little attentions to detail that are existing in the cabinetry, um, every component is manufactured for them. Their, their pots uh, are, you know, to their tolerance and stuff, the transformers. And he, like, drives. It's all, like, within California. Yeah. You know, so it's... I mean, I know that's, like, sure... He could do it somewhere else in the states and it might be a little cheaper, but that's not what he wants. And sometimes you just you have to trust someone's vision and they what they're promising is going to deliver. And I feel like it with with them, especially now since Eli's taken ownership and, and done everything, um, you know it truly is the best you can get yeah and, and that's why my amp is the vintage Deluxe, the new two rock yeah because I, I played one at Nam. And just went, I, uh, yeah, I, I gotta have it, you know. So put me down, um, let me know. And he was here visiting a few weeks ago, and uh, he said, "Oh, I'm sorry, I haven't gotten yours done yet. I'm building yours with all NOS Fender parts. It's like all vintage, you know, blue caps and stuff." And I was like, "Why?" And he's like, "I just really want to for you." <laughs> I was like, okay, I did not ask, yeah, but I'm excited. I'm getting the 35 watt tube rec with a 115. Oh my god! So. It's, yeah,
0: that's going to be sick.
1: There is none finer. You know, it really is. And it's like, I think people hear us say that thing. Uh-huh. and think all oh, these guys, you know, blowing smoke. Just, yeah. You know, look at these rich guys or something. You know, that people say those things. But once you play it, it's like the switch goes off in your head.
0: <sighs> yeah. And I should point out in, in full transparency, I have not paid for mine. Mm-hmm. Like, it, uh, I, I have, I did the same thing. Like, put me down. Like, I, but... Yeah. I You'll everything I've out. said, everything I've said, I fully stand behind and and would say whether or not I had paid full price for it or not. Oh, it is yeah. yeah.
1: There's no I mean, like if, every time I play a used one of one I don't own, I go, Oh, I should probably get this, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. I have one more amp. Yeah. That I actually haven't talked about. Um have you shown it on your channel? No, I I yeah, uh it's, no. No, not yet. Okay. Um, I have used it, though, a bunch to record with some good trouble stuff. Mm-hmm. Orange OR30. Yeah. Okay. So for a long time, for my 30th birthday, uh, a f- my friend uh, Rick got me a old orange AD30, the single yeah. channel one from the early 2000s. When, Those are great. When Gibson owned them. Uh-huh. They're hard to find. And I actually didn't know about them, but Rick found one, and he bought it for me as a, as a 30th birthday gift. And He was like, I used to have one of these at the studio and you know i'm going against my better judgment and i you know giving it to you instead of keeping it he still gives me shit about He's like i should never give you (laughs) because they're hard to find he thought he was going to be able to like get another one it's they make the ad 30 now but it's Mm -hmm. a two-channel version the one i have is the single channel version from the early 2000s and it is like an ac 30 on steroids yes it does with the ac 30 chime thing but with way more gain on tap it's one of my favorite amps um it's
1: like if you swung an ac-30 with a baseball bat yeah exactly
0: (laughs) and for years i was saying man orange needs to bring back this amp and actually at uh nam two years ago i talked to the people at orange yeah the the son of the of the owner charlie of the founder charlie and i was like man you guys gotta bring like you got i know you do the 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 dual channel but you gotta bring it back he's like well it's the same circuit and i was like no 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 (laughs) no the single channel you gotta bring back well they kind of did, right? In a way, with this OR30, it's built in England, single channel, thirty watts, just badass. It's a rock and roll amp, man. yeah. And it does cool. It's got cleans and, and everything, but like if you want an amp that breaks up in a super classic, old school way and moves air, but is not going to like rip your head off, mm-hmm. I I really like the, the OR30.
1: Yeah, I, I love every every English. Uh or uh, those eighty thirties were incredible. I remember playing those back in the day in high school and stuff. But um any of the old English ones like that I played were just like like you get it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I um yeah, I can't wait to hear it.
0: Yeah, the, the single channel eighty thirty is what Jimmy Page was playing like in 06, 07 mm-hmm. on the reunion tour. And then in the documentary it might get loud. That that's his rig
1: is the sing- he had black ones, the the oh, single okay. channel eighty thirties. And yeah, God, they're rad. They're very cool. Uh I think for me. The only other amp is not even an amp. It's the Neural DSP plug-in amps, which I use for all my stuff now. And they're just, they sound so good. Yeah, man. Tone King one um, is, is far and away my fave, but I like the Mesa Mark II C+. I use the Petrucci one for, like, the cleans on it because it the Tone King gets clean, but it doesn't get clean. Mm-hmm. And the Petrucci one, you can get, like, that high headroom... Pushed clean thing that doesn't just totally turn to to gain, you can get a little bit of that front end push, but still remains clean. It they just sound so good. I got the Rabia plug, yeah. and it's like it like they're also so out there and can do so much stuff. But if you just boil it down to the bass guitar tones, they sound great and they work so well into to what I'm doing. And then I use pedals into the front end of the Apollo, and it it sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, so, man. Yeah, the plugin
0: thing is getting to the point where it's like, dude, if you're recording a lot, you're playing at home. Like, you should probably and and I never thought I would say this, but if you are, you know, on a budget, doing the home studio thing, and you're recording, yeah, just get the plugins. Probably
1: it's a hundred and something bucks. And it's there. It, you know, invest in some decent little speakers. Mine are cheap and they sound fine for what I'm doing. But like, yeah, I think if you if you're trying to record in this day and age mm-hmm. and you don't have an HX stop or and the
0: microphones or any of that preamps stuff. and all the outboard gear. Just,
1: yeah. just get the thing, just get the plug-in.
0: I, yeah, now I will say, you know, most of the time when I'm playing guitar, now I'm playing through my monitors and my speakers or through headphones. Even if I'm playing an amp, it's going through the ox or whatever. Right. But I just, the other day I, I went and just got my Tweed amp, the, the fender tweed deluxe from downstairs and just plugged my pedal board into that and just sat in the room and played. Mm-hmm. And, it's just for pl- I just sitting down to play guitar. That is so much more enjoyable for me. Oh, yeah. Just 100% to in the room because it's like it it the amp and the guitar interacting. It, it sounds like you want it to sound. Um, but to clarify, like with the, the plugins, if you're like working on something, you're recording and you just want a really great sound to just pull up. And yeah. I mean yeah. that's the way to do it now. I think it's really hard to if do you that. don't have the mics and the outboard gear and the space and everything. Yeah, yeah. if you
1: have a lot, of, if you live in an apartment. Yeah, oh God, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Um, all right, guitars. Yes, first one is actually kind of not a guitar for me. It's the new Bass Six, the Ventera series ah, Bass Six. That's a bass. Nah, nah, it's kind of it's kind of both, honestly. So nah,
1: yeah, it's both.
0: If you're if you're not familiar with the Bass Six. Um, Came out in nineteen sixty one, uh, in response to the Dan Electro UB two, I think it was. Okay, Dan Electro did the first basics. Um, it's a six string guitar that is tuned an octave down, so yeah. it's E A D G B E, but it's all just an octave below. So you're like your low strings, your low E and and A string are in bass territory, right? But you can get higher up on the neck and play in sort of baritone and even some guitar territory. Mm-hmm. Um, famously, were were used in, in the 60s a lot, like uh, Glenn Campbell, uh, Wichita Lyman, Carol Kay played bass, but then it was also doubled with the bass six, and then uh, Glenn Campbell used the bass six to play the solo and the melody and everything. Really cool, versatile instrument. For a guitar player who's looking to get into bass, this can be a cool option. Right. The thing about it is, it doesn't replace like a P bass Mm-mm. or jazz bass, and it it's doesn't a total replace whole different
1: a experience playing as basics.
0: Uh huh. Because the string spacing is way narrower, mm-hmm. so you kind of have to play with a pick. You can play finger style, but to do like traditional restroke rest bass playing is really difficult on that. So it's really more for a pick um, playing, but it's fun.
1: Yeah, they're really cool. I've I've only played old ones. <laughs> Yeah, and which is <laughs> weird. What was weird was
0: before this, the only ones you could get new from Fender were either the Squire, yeah, which was not great. It it needed you could make it great, but it would need a lot of work to get it there, sure. or to spend like six grand on a custom shop base Six, right? Which I don't know anybody that would play enough base Six to justify a custom shop. I don't know. You know, Did
1: somebody. I mean, somebody had to.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen them in studios, but like I, yeah, this one slots right in the middle, and it's it's perfect.
1: Yeah. They're, they're really cool instruments. I, uh, never wanted one, but I've enjoyed every time I've played one. Yeah, for sure. Is that the back in the saddle
0: yeah, the intro thing? Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. I like that sound. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like one of those things where we all kind of grew up listening to the six without realizing we were listening to the six.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, well, my first guitar would be the Silver Sky SC. Hey, cause I, uh, I got that. I got, I got that. And then the 594 SE for Nam uh, cause I wanted c- like the same brand consistent. Um, and I just, I've, you know, struck up a relationship with PRS over the past year or so. And, um, I didn't want to sweat taking anything super fancy.
0: Yeah. Cause it's Nam.
1: Cause it's Nam, and we're probably going to fly with it. Like it, me and Jeff or me and Matthew, somebody's going to take a guitar and hopefully get it in an overhead. Um, but that guitar is its really good. Yeah. Like for the money, everyone that's played it is kind of like, huh? Hmm. Cause the, this, the, the full fat core silver sky is awesome. Like it's a great guitar. Yeah. But those guitars, you can get them. I mean, like eight 99 not played it yet. It's really, it's a great guitar it and really it, it good. feels good. The only thing I did was float the trim a little bit. It was like decked and um, it just sounds like a, good strat <laughs> which yeah. is what it is right i think i
0: think it's cool what they've done with the silver sky stuff mm-hmm. you know um i still have my mayor strat I, the black one strat that came with the custom in case and
1: everything mm-hmm. i had a john mayer strat i had yeah. this, this sunburst one uh, and it doesn't it. remind me of that
0: see when i first played the silver sky when they first came out i i brought my strat to uh the guitar shop and played it and it felt they're, they felt very, very similar to me. Oh, okay. At the beginning.
1: Yeah, that, that one has a pretty chunky neck. And I don't know if the SCs are different, but it's, I mean, admittedly, it's been years since I've had that John Mayer Strata. I wish I still had it because it was worth a lot more money. Yeah. Uh, now, I think mine's
0: probably worth a pretty penny.
1: Yeah, you have a black one. Yeah, because yeah, there's only
0: 500 so. of them and have the custom case with the patches and
1: everything. So, yeah, you're lucky. Somebody make me an offer. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that, I think, um, if you're looking at it, I, I tell people all the time with the SE PRS stuff, just go for it. They're worth it. They're yeah. set up well and they sound good. Yeah.
0: Well, there you go. That's yeah. good. Um, my next one is one that I didn't buy because oh. unfortunately I uh, kind of screwed myself on this one. But the the Collings 470 JL, the Julian Lodge. Them's expensive. They're expensive. But dude. Special. I, uh, I I think. Okay. Follow me here. I think Julian Lodge might have the best ears of any guitar player out there today. Because yesterday we were at Carter hanging out with McKinley. Yeah. And they had the Julian Lodge acoustic callings, which I oh, had yeah. not played yet. Yeah. They had a used one in. And I played that. And it was like, oh, holy shit. The same things that I liked about the the electric are in the acoustic. Mm-hmm. The fidelity, the balance. It sounds like a piano. Yeah. Like... Not in terms of it sounds like a piano, but the balance and how you can play it anywhere in any register, the note and it, separation, and it projects, and it's like it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful sound. Yeah, and the the four hundred and seventy JL the electric makes you play, or at least for me, like you don't sit down with that guitar and just start banging out riffs and like really digging in. Right. It it opened up a a thing in my playing that I never really access, which is, like, this really light touch. Yeah. Because it was so responsive and mm-hmm. so sensitive that, like, I didn't want to play it hard. I felt like I was gonna overpower <laughs> it. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Not to say that it was, like, fragile, but it, it just was so sensitive that, like, every little, like, nuance and detail, and I was playing it through a two-rock at Maple Street Guitars in uh-huh. Atlanta. actually through a Bloomfield combo, just Ooh. like that. Um, And I just was like, holy shit, man. And I screwed up because um, it was one of those moments that we've talked about where you have like a, oh shit, yeah. with a guitar. It's about to happen. And it's like, oh God, okay. <laughs> but then I made the video and I put the video out before I like, because I would have had to sell a bunch of stuff and like, you know.
1: Right, yeah. And
0: get a credit card out and everything. But I just made the video, put it out and it sold like an hour or something after the video sure. went out. And I was
1: like, yeah, shit. I, I, I played one at Carter's and- I um had the same thing. It, it for me it was a bit too refined. Like I don't feel like I I feel like that's a maybe in 10 or 20 years mm. kind of guitar for me. <laughs> but but it truly had like the most perfect balance. Um there was just an immediacy and an honesty to the sound and, and the feel of the guitar. And it, it it like you said like it you you didn't, You wouldn't want to like hop in there and put a fuzz pedal on it, and like that's not your first thought. But it could handle it.
0: It could definitely, yeah, could definitely handle it. But it's like, even if it's not your style, I think if you have the opportunity, you should play one because it's impressive. It's just impressive to feel what that guitar does.
1: Yeah, that's one of those guitars that people would say, "Why on earth would you spend eight thousand (laughs) dollars on a guitar?" And then you play that, and you go, "Oh, I get it."
0: Yeah, yeah. Even if it's not for you, like one hundred percent. I but. Damn. So I'm I'm gonna be, you know, it's not, not quite the right time, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna own one of those one day because they are that is a that is a special that's a special instrument.
1: Yeah, they I mean they they are. They're incredible. Uh speaking of special, the same day I went and played the Julian Lodge, I came home with this. Hey. My um Gibson 1959 reissue Custom Shop 335. So I got this at guitar center and uh, I decided I was having my gear life crisis yet again. That I'm going to trade off a bunch of stuff. So I traded the Tony the Tiger, yeah, yeah. and my Firebird. Um, I lost money, and I know, I know, I lost a lot yeah, of money. Yeah, but you got two,
0: rid of two of your uh, less attractive guitars and got this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I had wanted a three thirty five, and so I got this. Yeah, and it it was really special. I played all the, I played every three thirty five we could find in Nashville that was of the caliber I wanted. Yeah, that day at Carter and and then other places and then. I I'd played a bunch over the past couple of weeks before I got this and just went to Guitar Center and Tony over there at the high-end room, he just unlocked, he just, you know, walked with the key and click, 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 unlocked all the 335s and this one, uh, it was in a case and so I was playing a 59 Sunburst. Yeah. He's like, I have a blonde one. Let me go get it and so he, he guys, this is what I wanted and I played it and it was immediately like, oh, this one's a little better. There's something about it that's better but I, um, put some throwbacks in it. It's got an out of phase, middle position, and it just has that good 59 neck, and it's like, you can't, there's nothing wrong with it. I right was up? just
0: playing it, and it's excellent. Yeah. It's an excellent 335. And I love the, I like the 59s because of the long guard.
1: The long guard is so neat. Yeah. And once you see it, you kind of can't. Yeah, you can't and un-see the, it. And the ears are different. Yeah. Um.
0: There's more of the Mickey, was it? Mickey Mouse ears. I these, these are the Mickey Mouse ears. I Or's, think so. Or is it 61?
1: You know, I don't know. The 60s ones seem a little more pointy Yeah. But. it's it's just rad so i'm super happy great
0: guitar i love a 335 man
1: i've always wanted one so i'm glad i've never had one
0: yeah man that's that's great Uh, yeah i like it like it a lot um i actually uh i have one more guitar and then i'm gonna add an addendum and then we can maybe wrap it up yeah sure the jason is boltelli right so uh i didn't buy this or keep it sweetwater sent it out for the five tellies video that i did yeah and i i kind of selfishly picked that one because I'm a huge Jason knows Bull fan. Right. And I wanted to just try it out. Yeah. And I think it's really unique and you know, cause with, with fender, you know, you can, there's a million different tellies that they make that you can get. And that one is really cool because mm-hmm. in the price point, which I think is like, I think it's like 1800. Yeah. Something, like, something that. like that. Um, it's a road one finish, but it's got really great pickups in it. It's got a, uh, they're based off of, uh, a custom set i'm forgetting all the specs but it's okay. it has an oiled neck yeah which i actually didn't know until i unboxed that one when they they sent it out and, and I, I sent it back and i kind of wish i hadn't i wish i had kept it but it's just a cool double bound great looking burst rad telecaster with a great set of pickups and a really comfortable neck it feels worn in it's the good part of relicking a guitar yeah which is it feels broken in it feels played in but it's not you know and you don't have to be really precious about it because it's already kind of torn up and it's it's a good price man it's um there's not really anything else in fenders lineup in that price range that does what that guitar does
1: yeah it's so crazy how like the the that number has climbed as everything is as as the world has changed you know for the price of stuff because like for years if some if you had told someone I'm gonna get a Mexican strat for eighteen hundred dollars, oh, yeah. they would lose their mind. But I, I I played one and I think it's awesome. The only thing my only complaint about it is a little bit of the relicing. It's one of those it's like from five or ten feet away, you'd be like, it yeah. looks great.
0: It's the road worn finish, so it's not it's yeah. not like vintage correct or anything. It's
1: it's okay, but I think after, you know, four or five years of playing that yeah. every week, it's gonna look great. And and uh, if you are so inclined, uh, you can actually buff those finishes? Oh really? Uh John from Throwback has a roadworn strat that he buffed and it made all that raw wood look shiny. Cool. And it looks like it would fool a lot of people. That's cool. So I think it's a cool thing you could you could play with. Yeah,
0: know? I think it's I think it's a great like working player's telly. It's expensive sure. for what it is. Yes, it's Mexican made. Yes, it's almost $2000, but it's unique. It feels great, it plays great. I I'm a fan. Sweet. Well, should we talk about, uh, or do you have another guitar, or do you want
1: to? Yeah, let's move on. We're, we, we're running along here. Sh-
0: yeah, we are. Should we talk about Misses? I, the addendum I was going to add was the the Echo Rec.
1: Oh, yeah. Good. Unless amazing. we forget. Unless we shit. forget the Echo Rec. It was amazing.
0: <laughs> um, misses, anything pointing out to you this year? I have one, but. You go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we just were singing Fender's praises, and now I'm going to call Fender out. I, I, The Tone Master Pro, oh. man, I don't, I think they missed the mark with that.
1: I, pl- I, I finally played one. What do you think? I was, I, I, baby's first modeler.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hate to say that. In terms of sound or? It's just sound. Yeah.
1: I think the aesthetic, I, aesthetically, it looks a little cheaper in person than I was anticipating. I thought it was going to look like, like nice. I feel like that is the problem with uh, a lot of products now on websites being like a render. Yeah. Is you have this like perfection to it and it kind of elevates how classy something looks. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay. It felt more like in line with some of the modeling amps and stuff that I've seen uh, from Fender, you know. But I I was not blown away by the sound. I tried to tweak it and just immediately, well, after, I mean, not immediately, I took, you know, five or 10 minutes and just trying to dial in one, like you said, distorted sound that really... Appealed to me, and it, I just couldn't get it. Yeah. cleans were okay. The cleans were
0: okay. I think the effects sound pretty good. Sure. And I think the user interface is good. Yeah. And, but they the distortion, anytime you're getting distortion from one of the amp models, it sounds harsh and digital. And any of the distortions in the amps, or in the the pedals, rather, sounds the same. It's like they, they missed something in the distortion modeling that was surprising to me because companies like Line 6 and Fractal and uh, the the Quad Cortex Neural DSP have really nailed that stuff. Yeah. And so for a company like Fender, I just don't – like for $1,700, I was really expecting a better product, Mm -hmm. frankly. And I have been – vindicated in that because they send a lot of them out as fender does fender is notorious for this marketing style where they just send out a billion of the units to to everybody the players and influencers influencers and everything and i've talked to other people here in nashville
1: mm-hmm.
0: players um whose ears are really good and whose ears i trust i'm like hey man what do you think about this thing and the general consensus is that what i've said because the way I did mine was, you know, I, I got it and just did a live stream, kind of a first look live stream where I was playing it live. Very brave. And <laughs> it just didn't sound good. And I man, like there there's a
1: decay thing that just didn't sound real. Yeah. To me, when I was, was just something about like it sustaining a note, it seemed just fake. Yeah. And I I don't know I don't know what yeah. it
0: was. And 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 then especially Neural DSP dropping the price of the Quad Cortex to match that now so they're both 1700 dollars. yeah dude just go with that
1: yeah the qu- jeff got a quad cortex that yeah. would be definitely like an honorable mention for yeah. me and we've been playing it around the shop just modeling our amps and stuff yeah. and it sounds so good that's the other
0: thing too is like you can model your drives you can model your amps yeah. you can there's the the online marketplace the the app where you can like share rigs and stuff it's a better form factor it's smaller it'll fit on a board it just i'm sorry fender i just it doesn't work for me
1: yeah yeah i, the, I I'm trying to think if there's anything else that came out that really disappointed me or something that I got that I was, well, la But I don't I don't think there's much that I played. Like, that was probably the thing that had the most praise right out of the gate, and then it, I tried it and just... I I said, oh, this is going to be on sale by Christmas. <laughs> you know? And I, like, that sucks. You know, I love Fender. I don't want <sighs> this to happen. No. But, you know... And I, I don't like talking
0: negatively about this stuff because there are teams of people where it's like they've been working on this for a long time and people worked really, really hard on this product. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, yes, Fender's a big corporation and, and yes, it's a bit soulless like Gibson and like a lot of these music companies are, but behind all that are real people like yeah. that are working really hard on this stuff. And and we get to know a lot of these people, you mm-hmm. know, and they're cool and, and they're good players and, and, and everything. And maybe maybe there's some stuff going on behind the, the scenes with this product that we don't know about that maybe they had higher hopes for it. And, and the bean counters got involved or something. I don't sure. know. Yeah. But I just know that there's a lot of hype around it. Uh, and it just doesn't live up to the hype.
1: Yeah. But you know, it, this is the first take or the first, uh, you know, uh, firmware that yeah. we've, so it, it, the beauty of digital is that it can be corrected. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, so I mean, they've proved that they can do everything with the Tone Master amps. Those all sound really good. They can, you know, distort yeah. and sound right. But uh, I think I think in in a in a few months' time they're going to do some more revisions and hopefully it'll kind of uh, they'll, they'll get it out. in line.
0: Yeah, I love the Tone Master amps. I, right, they're fantastic. But then that was the other part of it too was like it, it shares the Tone Master name, so I was expecting something really really good because right. the Tone Master Deluxe and the Super are. F- They're good, man, compared to like the modern, you know, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. put them up against the vintage one, but, oh um, you know, for the modern stuff, they're really great.
1: So yeah, 100%. Well, um, it's good to finally do a podcast in person with you again.
0: Hopefully this will become more of a normal thing in the future.
1: And we're, uh, we're steadily approaching episode 100.
0: Yeah. What are we going to do for
1: that? Uh, well, I've I've been talking to somebody. So <laughs> we'll see we'll how see. that goes. But um might have to make another trip up for that. Yeah. Um no shills today. The whole episode was a shill. Yeah. <laughs> uh thanks to all our supporters over on Patreon. Again, if you want to learn more, hit the link in the description below and be sure to subscribe to all the all the places where Dipped in Tone can be found.
0: Yeah. And be on the lookout for the new Patreon setup, hopefully coming soon. We'll yeah. have more information about that as we we'll start working on it. that. But
1: and thanks again to Stumac for sponsoring this video. If you need some Christmas ideas for your, the musician in your life, hit them up. Yeah. Undoubtedly, they will have something that is useful to that person. 100%. All right. All right.
0: See you